Welcome, everybody, to the Eyes on Big Podcast, your go-to Big Ten football podcast brought to you by the Amador Whiskey Company. I'm your co-host, Jeffrey the Greek, joined, as always, by... This is Big Kurt here. Big Kurt. You're on Twitter. I am on Twitter. I'm Big Kurt on Twitter at B1G. K-U-R-T. And I am Jeffrey the Greek at Jeffrey the Greek. Thank you so much for listening and downloading the podcast. Um, great day yesterday. Great three, four days of uh, Thanksgiving into football, which is leading to a rough Sunday for your boy, Jeffrey the Greek. Right I, I started drying out yesterday. I'm probably going to need a couple more days here, but I think I'm going to take a little bit of a break because I, I went pretty hard for a few days yeah, there. Um, I went to a Total Wine. Up here, I think that was Tuesday evening. Um, spent a, a lot of money. Uh, Total Wine got a good chunk of a paycheck for me. That was for all of the holidays. We got a party coming up. I took a chunk out of it <laughs> Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, yes, drying out is in my future. I, I gotta get myself uh, geared back up for another one, but oof, I uh, I'm hurting today, buddy. Um, I'm I'm doing okay. Yeah, I, I'm glad today's not Monday because I'd be really dragging at work. Yes, yes. Well, I mean, you're a you're a day behind me. I um I think if I just get one good night of sleep, I'll, I'll be fine. Um, I did the dreaded wake up at three o'clock in the morning this morning, um, and then started you know taking you know r- looking around and saying, okay, how's my life doing right now? You okay. know, like. Yep. Okay, got all the stuff that I... I mean, I knew I had my phone. I remember texting when I got home. Okay. Uh, But shout out to uh, the Gopher Gridiron. We went to the indoor tailgate again. Oh, nice. Um, Saw Ryan Burns. Shout out to Super Lee, big Gopher fan that puts it on. He got to hang out on the field with Dan and Brian and and wives and some of the people that we know. So that was was good. They obviously had a great day. We'll talk about that. Um, so that was awesome. I don't know if you heard, but PJ Flack made an appearance at the Gopher Gridiron tailgate. Oh, is that right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Let's hear about this. PJ I Flack, mean, he wasn't busy before the game. No, he was He was around. Uh, yeah, anyways, I dressed up as PJ, tried to poke a little bit of fun at Gopher fans, but also tried. That was my, the best I could do. I don't, I, don't, I don't own any maroon. I will never buy a Gopher, you know, shirt. But I might have dressed up like PJ to try to show my support that I was a Gopher fan for about sure. three and a half hours on. Tech. You were the Gopher fan, okay? Yeah. No, that's what that that's what was behind. It. That okay. was the that, thought process. Well, there. hey, it worked out. I mean, what a day! So Minnesota retrieves the axe. Yeah, Illinois finally gets to LOL at at Northwestern. Yep. Um, Purdue gets the bucket back. Mi- Michigan win- finally gets the big game back, yes. and all these all these taking back. Yes. Of symbolic trophies. I love it. If you're if you're a Big 10 fan this weekend, it's the Russell Crowe Gladiator. Are you not entertained? Yeah. If you weren't entertained this weekend, you might need to find another hobby cuz uh now that doesn't mean y- you didn't experience pain. Many fan bases experienced a lot of pain this weekend, but that kind of is that's kind of baked into the cake when you talk about yeah, the but, sport. But, but what I liked is just the the flipping of the script for many. It was for many teams. Yeah, which actually went against a lot of your picks and mine. I know. So, I, I didn't have a good weekend. Bad weekend for yeah, me. Yeah. So that's good then because it meant that things weren't chalky and predictable. That's the whole point. I mean, I had a bad weekend. 
but I had a good weekend. Bingo. And mine started pretty good, too. Uh, but first off, these were this is week 13, the last regular season weekend of games. Seven games, all 14 teams were in action with one game on Black Friday and six games yesterday on Saturday, November 7th. But first game up was that Black Friday game. Iowa 28, Nebraska 21, the Hawks with 364 yards of total offense to the Huskers 327. Once again, another come from a head loss for the Huskers. <laughs> yeah, I was going to tweet at some point in the game. I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure that the team switched jerseys ahead of time because it Nebraska, or I should say, Iowa was playing their all in Nebraska, vice versa. Yeah. And of course, it all Iowa was playing sloppy. Playing sloppy. Uh, not getting the calls. Nebraska correct. was getting yes. the calls. I, that's fair enough no, for me to say. No, I think that's say, fair correct. to say. Okay. Like, I, I couldn't believe that was happening. I mean, that's we haven't seen that really all year. And then, you know, of course, it all turns on a single play. And boy, just watching the Nebraska fan base in meltdown, real-time meltdown mode, just knowing that it's unraveling. And then just everything started going Iowa's, every single thing. And Petrus happened to be the quarterback when it happened. I don't know that it was necessarily Petrus sparking them, but he didn't do anything to unspark them. Yeah. So you got to give him credit there. I'm not sure which quarterback really was yeah, better. Right. I'm um, not sure. But, I mean, it's typical Iowa win, too. You know, they get the block punt for a touchdown the offense deep into the game still hasn't scored a touchdown ends up being a QB sneak for Petrus that's how they score their only offensive touchdown couldn't have been more Iowa but then you know I felt like Nebraska was in control most of the game fair if you look down the stats I I mean it's not lopsided but Iowa more wins yards. in almost all the Correct. statistical categories barely win in in first downs they were better on third down efficiency more yards not as many pass yards but more rushing yards less penalties less turnovers more time of okay. possession so let me let me re real quick reset this but i mean essentially it was seven nothing nebraska quick first possession right iowa marches right down the field and scores a touchdown is that fair fair to say it sure seemed like sam laporta caught the ball and it, it didn't seem like enough of yeah. a situation to overturn. That. Right. Like if it was me as an impartial fan, I thought they should have just kept it a touchdown. And I feel like the announcers were impartial as well as Gene Serator that's they bring in. They all three for three said that's a touchdown. It gets pulled off the board. So seven to three uh, very quickly. It was essentially 14 to six at halftime. I still felt pretty good about things because Iowa was moving the ball very well in the run game, which is a huge thing for Iowa to come back. They could get the ball to start the second half, go right down the field again, and then right near the goal line, something that happens that hardly ever happens, which is Tyler Goodson fumbles the ball and Nebraska takes the ball back, goes right down the field again to make it 21 to six. That was the first time in a long, long time where I'm like, uh-oh, it looks like I'm going to be decorating the Christmas tree with a grumpy mood. It seems like Nebraska's going to win this game. And a big part of that was Logan Smothers. I thought he played really well for yeah. his first start. I guess I expected him to do a little more damage on the ground. I mean, he had 64 yards, but that was in 24 yeah. carries. I thought he'd have a little more success And it seemed there. like more during the game. Um, I'll get to him because I got kind of a take on that as well, but... Um, then at 21 to six, uh, and I take that back. Iowa got a field goal in the game. Um, shout out to whoever tweeted this, a Nebraska fan, uh, bug eater sent it to me, but he was talking about Caleb Shudak and he said, 
Caleb Shudak is the tortoise in this story, which means the slow and steady tortoise sure. wins the race, which I thought was a genius I, uh, tweet. A, amazing day. Amazing day. I mean, four for four field goals with one being 51 yarder. Like that dude's automatic. I, I think he got screwed for the girls of finals, but of course I'm definitely a, a, a biased there. But then at 21 to nine, um, uh, right at the end of the third quarter, Iowa's defense steps up, stops the Nebraska offense. They go to punt, to punt the ball, block. Shout out to senior D-back D Henry Marques, whose brother is on the Illini. Yes, he is. Uh, picked up by freshman D-back Kyler Fisher for a touchdown, which goes down for a 14-yard a or whatever it was, punt return touchdown. Which so I he's only got kind of, one return in his career, and it's a touchdown. Good for retired him. Retired now, baby. Um, you felt it watching the game the fans I, I, felt it in the stadium I mean, you just knew it at that moment okay game. now here's here's what's crazy did you did you see scott frost comment after the game well which one i mean I, the one that i liked is he, he said that his team has never given up all year that they that's fought true to the end, which, which i true. totally on board but i'm he, not sure what was the comment his you know and i i'm sure that i will get okay, corrected think, on where this okay. was taken out of text but he I, still said the word which is the game was pretty much over after the the blocked punt Oof. Like, Scott, I know what you mean to say, like, that's as it happened in the game. That's that's how it went down. But you still don't say it. It's one of those things like you don't like Brett Bielema got in trouble this year for just kind of phrasing something a little right. You just you got to think about the phrasing there. He is he's bad at press conferences. He's like he, he literally is. needs to take like lessons on the offseason. I would just say less is more, Scott. Very much less is yeah. more. Um, and then after that, Nebraska gets the ball back, has a, um, a big play, but then eventually, quickly after that, the, the offense struggle uh, freezes. Uh, when Nebraska got the ball back again, I believe it was the second time after that, a fumble by Logan Smothers, and then Iowa kicks a field goal, and then an amazing punt. And another possession after that by Iowa's uh, uh, offense where Torrey Taylor punts it down inside the two. And then he makes another bad play by trying to throw the ball. And, and But I want to also say this. I'm kind of piling on Scott Frost here, okay? That is a horrible play call to put your young freshman or young quarterback in. Like, that was a slow-developing pass play right. that he called on, like, the two- or three-yard line. Scott, what you doing? That's... Don't do that. And they were having success with those quarterback power plays. Yeah, dude, I you still had the lead at this point. It was 21 to 16 at that point. And they were having success with those more traditional option Correct. plays too. I love what that. What was he doing? I don't know. So that makes it 21 to 18. Iowa gets the ball back, kicks another field goal, 21 to 21, all the momentum in the world, wind up scoring another touchdown and that's how it goes down. And and what I was going to point out here is different quarterback right so we know adrian martinez is done what what has always been the script when adrian martinez is the quarterback in the game leads the team in passing of course has a pretty good efficient passing day leads the team in rushing but towards the end of the game turns the ball over two or three bad decisions it was the exact same movie it's just like so we the movie has been the theme for nebraska it's like a series like like a you know, uh, uh, wouldn't be fast and furious, but like all of a sudden, one of the main characters they just switch the guy out because like the the character the the actor gets too big and, and he goes on to a different sure. role. They just switch the character out, thinking nobody had noticed, but it was the exact same performance. Okay, Insane. so don't you think that's crazy? It that is, it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna 
go off of that for a second here. So piling on Scott Frost a little more. Sorry. Nebraska's the first. This is Dave Rebson on yep. Twitter. Nebraska's the first team in college football history to lose nine games by single-digit margin. They also were the first to, do, to lose eight games by one score. score. Uh, they went one and eight in the Big Ten. Their combined scoring margin in those games was zero. So they scored at 239 points. They gave up 239 points. They lost eight games by 49. Now They also beat Northwestern by 49. And I was just going to say, lies, damn lies, and statistics – that Northwestern game, like if you took out their worst loss, which would be Ohio State, and their biggest win, it's those other 10 games. If you lumped them together, it would look a little bit more normal. But still, it's a statistical anomaly. Another tweet that was well, put out. Okay. that I Go ahead. Well, I was going to say, Pick 6 Previews said, yeah. in those eight losses, or I'm sorry, in, yeah, in the in the eight one-score losses, Nebraska was 0 for 14 on late game drives. How is that even possible i mean so that's that's more than a whole game you got shut out you got shut up for a game in late game situations Uh, another tweet i'm sorry that i can't give people uh the credit for this i'm having a hard time pulling my life together right now but basically somebody (laughs) said put nebraska in the college football playoffs because they would only lose to georgia by one score and at least we'd get a first round game that's not a blow up it's true i'm dead serious I think they would play Georgia close. I think I'm they dead would. Serious. I think they would. I'm, I'm not joking. It's insane. Uh, Petrus and Padilla, you know, pedestrian day numbers. It doesn't matter. Tyler Goodson had a big day. 23 carries, 156 yards. That's a 6.9 yard average. I'd also like to flip over to the defense. Jack Campbell was an absolute monster again. 16 tackles, mm. one tackle for loss. I'm feeling pretty good that he would be a first team All Big Ten linebacker but it's just the the competition so tough stuff Seth Benson had 10 tackles as well I mean it essentially wound up looking like an Iowa game and and I'm gonna sound a little fanatical here or, or I'm gonna I'm gonna bounce my my fanatic view off of you and tell you what I think but you went through the stats right mm-hmm. Iowa um um uh turned the ball over going in to the goal line they had a touchdown taken away from them did Iowa was Iowa maybe a better team than even what the seven point win played out? It, it just was there was some really kind of crazy things that, mm. that I mean the, the definitely the touchdown that got taken away that was a, a that yeah. was a killer. So it could have would have been a little closer. Yeah, okay. all right. I'm just saying like, getting it up to the twenty one to six lead. At that point, it did it did yeah, guess, not feel like a twenty-one to six game to me. It felt like I guess a, that's fair. Is that fair? That's okay. probably fair. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say other than one of those games where, by the way, the fifteen-point comeback is the biggest for Iowa since two thousand eleven. Wow. I think I saw. So just another stat that's out there. Um, seventh win in a row versus Wisconsin versus uh, Nebraska versus Nebraska. Seriously, folks, the brain is is it's it's missing a couple pieces today. Um, Iowa's eight and three against Nebraska since they joined the Big Ten. With this win, Kirk Ferentz moves to twenty seven and zero since two thousand fifteen versus Illinois, Iowa State, Minnesota, and Nebraska. That's three trophies that have never left Iowa City in a long time. Well, technically, there's no trophy with Illinois. It's I said that's why I said three. That's four teams. I listed oh, okay. off. That's three trophies. Okay, and then yeah. So I don't know what to say. Um, yeah. Good win Quite by the game. Good win by the Hawkeyes. With and, the win and maybe a bad win by Nebraska again. Again, with the win, Iowa finishes ten and two on the year, seven and two overall. Finished Friday tied for first place, mm. which is why you go ahead and have fun in the locker room because you finish the day 
first place. Okay, tied for right. first. Okay, a lot of a lot of chatter on uh, Twitter on Friday night with the loss. Nebraska finishes three and nine, one and eight in the Big Ten. So technically tied for last place, but we know they finished in front of Northwestern. Next game up, Maryland forty. Rutgers 16, the Terps with 575 yards of total offense to the Scarlet Knights, 337. You pretty much nailed this one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this just when this is what Maryland does when they play a, a bad team. And Rutgers is a bad team. They're improving overall compared to what they've been. But I would say their defense just really fell off at the end of the year here. And that's where I thought that Maryland had the real advantage, especially with Taulia Tungavailoa at quarterback. And he went off. He had a day. 21 of 30, 312 yards, three touchdowns. Man, I'm telling you, the competition for the second team all Big Ten quarterback is going to be intense. There's like five yeah. guys that could be it's second team. a good team. point. I mean, Cade McNamara, you got uh, Leah Tungavailoa, you yep. got Peyton Thorne, you got Aiden O'Connell. Dude, There's a bunch of great one ones. Of those four. But I mean, just down the whole stat line, they were 9 of 15 on third down. My yeah. God, they, yeah. they crushed them in total first downs. Uh, a lot more passing yards, 312 to 173. 263 yards on the ground for Maryland. What? Tayon Fleet Davis, 18 carries, 152 yards, two touchdowns. That's an 8.4-yard average. This isn't a running team, so to speak. Maryland, and like you said, Rutgers has had a pretty good defense at times, but I don't know. They are just they just seem worn out as a team. I mean, it's, maybe it's that's like, what it was. It's like, it's like um, uh, Shiano has squeezed everything he could out of his players during the year. And there was just nothing left to squeeze. Yeah. Like it's like a towel. Like you, you always right. think you can get more, but at some point it's just out of, out of moisture. And we kind of did talk about that. Like what was the reason for that it was just a roster depth thing. But yeah, they just kind of petered out at the end of the year. Meanwhile, Talia Tagovailoa sets a record, Maryland record for pass yards in a season with 3,595. Again, their wide receivers, their their depth at wide receivers shows out as Brian Cobbs had a big game. Corey Deitches scores two touchdowns on the day on two receptions. And then Rakim Jarrett had another big day, yep. seven catches, 111 yards. So I just love their skill depth outside. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um, but what'll be interesting is if Tulia comes back next year. Um, I could see him declaring. You know, I could and I could see a team taking a flyer on him late round. Um, yeah, a little bit shorter quarterback. Yeah, but that's not stopped a lot of teams. You know, from drafting guys that size in the back. He's obviously got a lot of the tangible skills teams are looking for. Be interesting to see what happens here. I would, if I had to guess, he's coming back. I think he's coming. Back. I don't think he's he's highly rated enough. To just declare and I go understand. to the draft. Yep. So yeah, the record season plays out a little bit as expense as expected. Um, so the there was a little bit of chatter about Rob Smith, defensive coordinator for Rutgers. I don't know that this is a Rob Smith issue. Okay. I mean, do uh, you? Say, I don't think so. Um, I think it's more. So what you're saying is it's more Jimmys and Joes than X's and O's. Yeah. Okay. I think X's and O's plays into it with Rob Smith. If you want to get the take on. Rob Smith as a defensive coordinator. Ask Minnesota fans. Yeah, I know, but that was a different situation. Okay. All right. So I, 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 my guess is 
my guess is if you were a Rutgers fan, you would have you would have disdain for Rob Smith. Is what, what we, my guess would be. I mean, it's we only been a job. few games really that they've yeah. kind of stunk at the okay. end here. All right, that's fair. Give, give them a chance. Yeah, end of the year. Um, speaking of a chance, you're not going to have much of a chance when the quarterbacks situation is like it is for Rutgers. I mean, as a team, 16 of 30, 173 yards. No touchdowns and a pick. It's just been it's just been tough for Rutgers to find any kind of offense since about the first two or three games of the year. When looking back, their their non conference schedule wound up like it looked really tough going into the year. But you know Syracuse and uh, um, Temple, I think, is the other. They, yeah. Those teams wound up being awful. Yeah, and they feasted on them. And I think just a combination of injuries and tougher competition is just kind of nosedive the Rutgers offense. Isaiah Pacheco, pretty good day, 80 yards, but they, you know, we'll get into more of the off season stuff in the off season, but Rutgers is going to have to make a little tweaks on the offensive side of the ball. Well, they need to hit the portals, what they need to yeah. do. They're, they they're going to be a strong time. portal move. You know what, what I liked watching Johnny Langan, that, yeah. that one pass that he only threw one pass. He's one one 31 yards. It was a beautiful pass. Hey, by the way, mid-season just switches his number. He's now he goes from twenty-one to forty-two. Really? Yeah, because he's mostly playing tight end now. Okay. He's basically a tight end, okay. so he switched his number to forty-two. I think that was the first game that I saw him wear that, though. I don't remember that before this week. Interesting. It's like well, who is forty-two at quarterback? Jenny Langan. With the win, Maryland moves to six and six overall, bowl eligible for the first time in quite some time. I should have looked that up. Three and six in the Big Ten, which has them fifth place. With the loss, Rutgers falls to. Five and seven, two and seven overall, right behind Maryland for sixth place. Five and seven is a admirable year for Rutgers. Fans. I think so. I know losing that game was painful, but I feel like a lot of Rutgers fans maybe would have signed up for five and seven. Yeah, and then you add in the fact that Shiano is recruiting outstanding right Correct. now. So there's good. The, there's things to be happy about. Yeah, yep. the, the future is bright. Yep. Don't be too down about yeah. this. Loss. You're going to have a well-coached team if they can just add a little bit of talent. Things things will be looking up. Next game up: Michigan State 30, Penn State 27. Sparty with 451 yards of total offense to the Nittany Lions, 374. This was a snowball. Like well. Well played on, on Sparty's part. They, like, oh, you you like whiteouts? I'll give you a whiteout. They gave him a whiteout. Yeah. How about that? Oh, whiteout. Nice yes. work. If my brain was moving quicker, I would have got that and laughed more. But I'm laughing now on the inside. And they gave it a little nod to it because they, they came out with the white lids, which were beautiful, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Um, so here's the deal. I, I, I don't know if anybody listening to this, will it'll click with them. But um, playing Madden, okay, Um if it snows like they, if it's like a playoff game or something like that, or a game you know late in the year, um, I, I play with the Giants a lot, right? Um, it, the the weather's on random. If it snows, okay, and the team you're playing is wearing like predominantly white uniforms, okay. you you can't play the game. You literally can't okay. see. Like so, a lot of times I will just cheat and make both teams wear like their home jerseys just so I know I can see. Yeah, so it stands out. That's what this was with Penn State with those white uniforms. I swear there was, was some crazy. plays where Penn, uh, Penn State made some plays because I honestly believe Peyton Thorne couldn't see the defender. It was insane. <laughs> I, honestly, I, I would love to ask Peyton Thorne. If, I don't know if anybody asked him that question. That'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, another good game by him, 19-30, 268, two touchdowns. Uh, that, that fourth and 15 where they just decided, look, we don't have a kicker we're going for it. And he throws into the end zone to Jaden Reed. Oh my God. That yeah. guy has just made both those, both those guys have Huge. made plays all year. 
I'm going to go ahead and do a Connor Hayward appreciation okay. moment here Fair. because the guy was a running back. He kept sliding down the depth chart. He produced early there, but then he kept getting less and less carries, goes in the TP. He un-TPs. He switched to an H-back tight end. And that guy's been playing great lately. Four catches, 60 yards, no touchdowns. It's not like he – but he was just making good plays. Right. Way to go. My, I, I don't know this, but one would guess that he's very much a – heart and soul kind of guy for the team you know I think he adds a certain kind of toughness and edge so it's guys like that that make a big difference another guy that makes a big difference Kenneth Walker 30 carries 138 yards and a touchdown I hope I think he's got enough on the ledger to get him a trip into New York at the end of the year I hope that's the case I hope so too and a state of Michigan appreciation as well I did not predict either Michigan team to play all that well this year no I mean, they, they made me look bad the state of Michigan Big Ten teams made me look really bad this year. I think they probably doubled my predicted win total. You you were in your head. You were singing the song. I don't give a damn about the whole state of Michigan. And Michigan heard you and rubbed it in your nose. I think I p- wound up picking Michigan State to go to a to six and six. So I picked higher than most people. Yeah, Michigan, which we'll get to. Obviously, we were both egregiously wrong on that. Uh, switching over to Penn State, Sean Clifford, good day. Uh, 23 day. of 34, 313 yards, three touchdowns. Jahan Dotson. Eight catches, 137 yards, two touchdowns. First time this year that, that Jahan Dotson has caught a touchdown pass. He got two in this game, and Penn State lost. It wasn't Penn State's offense, by and large, that was the issue here. No, it really wasn't. But Dotson, Dotson was the one keeping in the game early. And Sean Clifford, you already listed his stats off. Boy, at the end by of the By the way, game, he's another quarterback to throw in for second team all Big Ten. That's another good point. Yeah, I didn't even think of him. But, boy, he was Superman towards the end of the game on that fourth down play. Well, first of all, things are just slipping away from them. The Kevon Lee fumble leads that fourth and 15 touchdown by Jaden Reed. Then the kickoff fumble. But then Sean Clifford starts bringing him back. I think it was a fourth and 11. No, fourth and 24 that he hit Brandon right, Strange, yeah. a tight end. And then Dotson came up with a big catch down the middle of the field. Then the touchdown pass to Parker Washington. I thought Clifford played an amazing game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, by the way, I think I predicted, almost positive, I predicted 31-27 to 27 for this game. Okay. Except Penn State winning. Right. <laughs> I picked Penn State in a close game. I mean, this is kind of and, the game and, we expected, and, and, but... And another shout-out to Michigan State. I mean, I'm hearing from, you know, Michigan State people about how many dudes were sick and yeah, injured that's right. and everything. Like, that's what played in to my thought process of Penn State winning this game, but... I mean, you have got to give it up to the Sparty team for having the heart, man. I mean, they just down against Michigan. They pull it out. They hit a lull towards the end of the year, but pull it, you know, back under control at the very end of the year. I mean, you can't. There's nothing to be upset right now if you're Michigan State. I, I don't think so. I mean, I think they're very much, and that's a big win for them because it very much keeps them in live for a big boy bowl. Yeah, you know, which would be an absolute awesome payoff for a team. Like Michigan State, so I mean, hats off to to, to the Spartans, man. Another shout out, Drew Beasley on defense had a great game for the Spartans. With the win, Michigan State moves to ten and two overall, seven and two in the Big Ten. I don't know, it's second or third. I don't know what you want to for. It's third, third. They because, got third place okay. in the Big Ten right. East. With the loss, Penn State drops to seven and five overall, four and five in the Big Ten, which is good for fourth in the Big Ten East. 
The Eyes on Big Podcast is sponsored by the Amador Whiskey Company. Our unique process takes the highest quality Kentucky bourbon and finishes in California wine barrels. This double barrel aging technique creates characteristics from the individual barrels that are blended together to make an exceptional whiskey. Perfect sip neat or in your favorite bourbon cocktail, Amador is the perfect go-to this fall and game day. Amador Whiskey Company, born in Kentucky, raised in California, and as always, hashtag... Ask for Amador. I'm hearing uh, wine, and I'm hearing uh, whiskey. I was going to ask you, you feel like an Amador? <laughs> Almost made me puke just reading that off. All right. Don't worry, Amador. I'll be back soon. <laughs> All right. You ready, buddy? Illinois. Here we 47. Go. Northwestern, 14. Illinois, 450. Illini, excuse me, with 459 yards of total offense to the Wildcats, 241. Oh, ye of little faith. Yeah, I, I picked Illinois to not only win, but to cover. I tried telling you. I said, this is an <sighs> Illinois team that is hot. Yeah. It's playing well right now. I get that it's Fitzy. I get the, saw the, all those things. But it And because I don't have the crushing, stinging losses in my memory, I totally understand how that goes. But it if you would have, just for one day, you know, did some sort of hypnosis and just saw these teams on who they are, you too would have picked Illinois to cover. All I had to do was think about 2019. It was the exact same situation. It was almost the exact same situation. Dude. Illinois was even kind of playing hot at the end of the Illinois year. Illinois was hot. Um, they were at home. Northwestern was putrid that year. And I just... Came alive. Their but, offense exploded. I swear to God, they had more offense versus Illinois that day than they did the, every Big Ten uh, game total. And yeah, Illinois was already in a bowl game, but I just wanted that one win to show that yeah. we're not just squeaking into a bowl. We really deserved a bowl game and just got, not only lost, got really embarrassed, and I could not get that out of my head. But in a way, if you really want to go deep, right? Yeah. Maybe that was a good thing overall because it kind of put a bad taste in the yeah, mouth because it's heading into last year a lot of the same players that w- that were playing two years ago were right, on the field right they remember um, that but but not exactly finishing that year great losing that game yeah. then go into 2020 bad year lovey gets fired bring in brett maybe yeah. maybe these things don't connect the dots okay. as much if they win that game because let's be honest the upgrade in the staff from lovey to brett Bielma's staff it's 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 monumental. I mean, it's similar to the Ash and Chiano upgrade. Yes. It's 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 comparable. I think that is a great comparison. I think maybe well, Rutgers was probably a rung lower than Illinois in the Ash era, Definitely but right. but I think you can make a comparison there. But this is pretty much the game that any Illini fan could have wished and hoped for. I mean, they come out two punts on first two possessions, but then the 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 dam just broke. Yep, touchdown. Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. The only thing you can say is they were still scoring, but it was all field goals after that. So then they went field goal, field goal, field goal, field goal. Eight drives in a row they score. I mean, this thing was over basically, what, midway through the second quarter or so. So uh, uh, inquiring minds want to know, at at what score did Big Kurt actually say, you know, I think we're going to win this game? I mean, to be honest with you, it was was fairly early in the game. I would say... I would say when it was 28 nothing, I'm okay. like, okay. well, I mean, it was just such a, you could see that it was two different teams. It was. There, like a comeback, it just would have been like nothing I'd ever seen, really. Like, I don't right. think even Illinois could pull that off. Yeah. Like maybe during, maybe at some points during the lovey 
thought process, you know, coaching tenure. Well, but, and that's the other just, thing is the coaching is better, and yeah. they, they've got a different style of offense, so I had to trust them to kind of, like, grind it out yep. and, and burn clock. And by the way, speaking of offense, offensive coordinator Tony Peterson, he's been under fire this year. He's he, he has not had a great year, I will say that. He called a fantastic game. He Great play designs, great timing. There were guys wide open. I mean, he, he did misdirection with running – Daniel Barker for like for a, a sweep for a touchdown early in the game that was out of nowhere. I would Illinois won this win. Oh my god, Juice Williams wide open, then the then Juice running the sweep, and boy, he looked great, didn't he? On that Juice, sweep touchdown, yeah, sweep touchdown and Juice point oh seven catches, 113 yards, and a touchdown. Brandon Peters, kind of zombie. Brandon Peters, 14 to 24, 242 yards touchdown and a pick. Chase Brown doing Chase Brown things. And that's another thing I want to point out is how far Brandon Peters has evolved this year because he was awful earlier in the year. Yeah, and he's, I mean, he he looked like a weapon in this game at he times. Did. I, dude, I'm like, maybe maybe I maybe it's because of the quarterback play I'm used to seeing. But when I watch Brandon Peters play, I I can see the talent in there. Again, yeah, this was a pretty big recruit. He had a his first place he went to college was Michigan. They don't they don't offer scholarships to bums off the street. So like the talent is there. <clears throat> I don't think he's been able to stay healthy. There is some decision making that he does sometimes. Um, but overall. Um, did what he had to do, and then another shout out. I think you got to give another shout out to your defense coordinator Troy Walters. Yes, absolutely. I mean, he another great. He game. won't win the Broyles Award, but it's somebody that you know should get attention. Uh, switching over to Northwestern, I mean, I would say Ryan Holinsky, twelve of twenty three, hundred twenty three yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. I mean, Ev- but here's here's the deal. Here's my thought process. Evan Hall became a thousand yard rusher, and he didn't even really take over the reins as the running back until a third of the way through the season, right? Where he's getting the majority of the carries like that. That's probably, yeah, probably around there. 32 carries, 101 yards and a touchdown. Malik Washington has shown uh, this year too. seven catches, 83 yards. Long story short is they've got a pretty good running back. They've got like, okay. Weapons. The quarterback play. So this this is another team that's got to hit that portal and hit it hard in this offseason. They need to find a quarterback. I mean, if you are a Big Ten West fan, I mean, obviously Northwestern is going to be watching this, but one of the developments I will be watching is who they get out of the transfer portal, what quarterbacks are available. Okay. And, and, of course, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I'm looking at this strictly through the eyes of a Hawkeye fan. I mean, you hope they get shut out from from pulling in a big right, quarterback because if they have the same quarterbacks going into okay. next year that they have on this roster, no, it's they it's it, gonna be tough. It, it'll be correct. tough next year too. So I know the defense took a step back, so it's not exactly apples to apples. But you put Peyton Ramsey on this team, yes, and give them that good defense. But this is this is a competitive team. And that's kind of my point I'm trying to make. I mean, Evan Hall's good. Malik Washington's right. pretty good. They've got a couple other options there. So, it, you know, we'll, we'll give you Northwestern's final record here. It ain't good, but that's it. That's all it takes is a I think much so. more efficient quarterback. And by the way, sometimes all of a sudden your defense plays a little bit better when it yeah. actually thinks that it's got a competent, you know, passing right. attack or offense on the other side. So this is a bad year for Northwestern, but I, and I'm sure there's probably people rolling their eyes. It's like, oh, my God, the Illinois and Iowa guy are saying it again, but. I still don't think they're that far off, you know, like, so I don't know. Well, I mean, like I said, Peyton Ramsey, that's all it took. That yeah. one off season was Peyton Ramsey adding yep. him and it became another big 10 West championship team yep. from last to first. Right. So now they've gone first to last to first to last in four consecutive years. 
Yeah, so it's been a, little, a I mean, bit of a roller coaster. So there really was no Fitz magic this year. No. We, it just never happened, never materialized. I was expecting it to materialize this week. Thankfully, it did not. Yeah. Wanted to go back to Illinois for just a couple things here. Uh, first of all, Donnie Navarro, three punt returns in one game, in this game, for 66 yards. Illinois had four punt returns last year. Insane. On the year. That is insane. He had three in this game. Way to go, Donnie Navarro. Blake Hayes, three punts. Three punts inside the 20-yard the line. Plays into the score as well, man. But what I really wanted to talk about is Jake Hansen, I noticed during the game, was dressed on the sideline. Really? Jake Hansen, why are you dressed right now? You, you've got Just a torn ACL. Just kind of wanted to go through senior day? or I, get, I don't know. I didn't know at the time. He's got a torn ACL. I'm like, well, he's not going to play. He did not play. Okay. Didn't know it. Mike Epstein was also dressed on the sideline. You're kidding me. So what did they? What did Brett Bielema do? Victory formation, he put Hansen and Epstein to be the upbacks on the that last play. So they actually got to take the field and play one more play in a victory against their rival at home on senior day. That's fantastic. Okay, that, that honestly made the chill, that made the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. I, that was amazing to and watch. And that's something cool that you do for your players to – the younger guys see that, and it says, you know, that – that Coach Beal, that's a guy I want to play for. And I think Brett might have gotten choked up at the end of the game. He was interviewed, and he says, I wish I just had one more game with these guys. I mean, like, I want yes, to get to the bowl game. By the way, the they're bowl. officially out of the bowl yeah, game. Yeah, it sucks. It's, it's not going to happen you, at five wins. I think there may be some five-win teams, but it's not going to be yeah. Illinois. But I think he got choked up as he was saying it because he really wanted, really meant it. He wanted one more game with these guys. Yeah. Uh, with the win, Illinois moves to 5-7 and seven on the year 4-5. and five. In the Big Ten. I mean, if I'd have told you at the beginning of the year that you would have a four and five record in the Big Ten. Oh, I would have taken it. Yeah. I'd have been like Kramer taking the latte deal. But so, which by the way is fifth in the Big Ten West. Yeah. Um and me and you have talked offline. I mean, maybe Maryland fans don't want to hear this, but I mean I can't believe it's it's that Maryland game. That's it. That that is the really only thing if you could go back in time to redo. I mean, yeah, they I mean, they, they snagged uh defeat from the jaws of victory they in did. that game. So And they could there's a couple other games that could have won the Purdue game, the Rutgers game, but they got beat on those days by teams that ended up being just a little bit better than them. They had their chance to win, they didn't. But the Maryland one, that's just the the bad taste of the mouth. One of those games that for the rest of my life, I will never forget. Yeah. I will always think back, oh, if we could have just beaten Maryland. Won that game. Uh, because, by the way, Illinois would have probably got sent to New York or the toilet. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. But they would have be, they would have wanted to play in that bowl game, and they would have gone in hot. They would have smoked yeah. whoever they were playing. Yeah, because in I those games, that. you get a lower-tier group of five team, right? They would, they would have got like a seven-and-five MAC team and freaking destroyed They would have destroyed them. And it would have been at five-and-four, had they beaten Maryland, it would have been their first winning record in the Big Ten since, I think, 2007. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Which they could All have done in 2019, things. too, but they blew it. All those things that were just... They were close. But again, that closeness should encourage you and everyone. No, it is encouraging. Fans, so. Yeah. But another team getting that portal, baby, get a quarterback. Yeah. And then another. they need a couple offensive linemen too. With the loss, Northwestern falls to three and nine overall, one and eight in Big Ten play. That is last place and also super last place because yeah. the team they're tied with beat the brakes off them. Um and last kind of thing here, I mean you talked about it, but in two thousand nineteen, or I should say after uh two thousand nineteen uh, Pat Fitzgerald, they're, they're horrible that year. Northwestern. Pat Fitzgerald said, "You will never see that again." While I'm here, we saw it again. I mean, this there. was essentially the identical thing that happened that year. 
Identical team almost. Well, I mean. Terrible quarterback play, no offense. I guess the defense was better back then. Like the offense is a little, this offense is a little bit more competent strictly because of Evan Hall in the running game. Yeah, but then the defense Defense is worse. worse. Defense was much worse. And I think they were, so they were three and nine that year and one and eight, I believe. I believe so. Yeah. So it did happen again. It did. Mr. Fitzgerald. It did happen again. It (laughs) And with the win, the LOL trophy goes back, goes to Champagne. I can't really say go back. Uh, next game up, Purdue 44, Indiana 7. The Boilermakers with 447 yards of total offense to the Hoosiers. 205, it's the old oaken bucket. Um, if, if Indiana had the bucket all year, you know, after winning this game last year, uh, they pretty much just filled that bucket up with a bunch of <laughs> yuck. Well, I will and say handed it back over to the Boilers pretty quickly. I will say they at least came out of the gate and they scored did. a touchdown. They did. So they 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 didn't give up for the first possession anyway. No. Um, Although they gave up a was, touchdown. This was first possession of defense. Yeah. So this was my Amador Adobe Barrel lock of the week, which by the way moved to nine and four on the year. So I saw Indiana score first, and just like that, I was it was plus twenty two that Indiana was getting, and then the next and, and it just. But I can't say I ever felt too nervous about it because Purdue was still moving the ball. Right. It felt like once it got to 14 to seven, I felt very good about this. And, and by the way, I didn't mention it. I hit my Amador double lock as well. You did. Nice. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Um, Aiden O'Connell, 26 of 31, 278 yards, four touchdowns and no picks. Very strong candidate for second team, all big 10 quarterback. He's been awesome this year. David Bell, Six catches, 79 yards, and a touchdown. The number one thing to point out in this game, David Bell went through senior day exercises. Ah, so mercifully. Oh, thank you. Did George Carr laugh us? I hope so. I don't know. Oh, man, I hope so. Yeah. But the but you know what? That's a compliment that we're trying to give yeah. you Purdue fans. But you know what? Like, TJ Sheffield has emerged as a really good wide receiver yeah. for them. Oh, it's not like they're going to be. Wright. It's not like they're going to be void of talent. Don't get me wrong. But David Bell is special, I think. No, he is. Spe- he's, he's on a different level. But eight wins for Purdue. Yeah. First time since 2003, I think that's decided. What, 2003 or four. At least yep. with a 12-game yep. schedule. First time yep. they've done that. Gotcha. They beat their rival. They don't just beat their rival. They throttled their rival, but here's what I liked. They said, we're going to tell you how we're going to beat you because we're going to beat you on the ground too, man. We're not just going to throw the ball. We're going to run the ball. They ran for 167 yards. Are you kidding me? I I mean, that has to be their highest output of the season. Now, it's not only of, well, maybe UConn. We'd have to look. Oh, that's right. But against, against. That doesn't count. It probably really shouldn't count, but against, we'll have to look that up. Uh, 167 yards for versus power five teams. It's got to be their, their high I would watermark. say since Brown's been there. At least the last three years. Yeah. Maybe not since Brown's been there, but the last three years have been putrid. For rushing the For ball. running the ball. Yeah. Your guy, Xander Horvath, 15 carries, 49 yards and a touchdown. That's a Xander Horvath stat line. I mean, that's what that's what he does. And by their, the way, their defense. Yeah. I've got Dave Rebson said this. Fifth opponent this season under 300 yards. It's insane. What they have done on defense is just miraculous. It is one of the biggest turnarounds since we've been doing this podcast. I mean, another Broyles award, but you'd have to split it into three. <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> you know? do that. Um, they had four sacks and 10 total tackles for losses. And just the pressure in general. I, you know, it's unbelievable. And then yeah. you just watch and poor Carl Aftis is double teamed every time, which just opens it up for the rest of the yep. defense to make plays. This is another team that I'll be excited to watch in a bowl game. Um, I hope it's a good matchup who they get. Somebody's getting stuck in New York. I, th- I think it might be 
Purdue, which kind of sucks because I, I don't know the the. I don't Especially because they're a, that, a throwing team. That's what I was going to say. They're a throwing team, and, and it's probably going to be cold and blustery. By the way, um, Barrett Salee, did you see that tech, that tweet that he sent out? No. He openly complained about Ohio State, Michigan, and then especially Penn State, Michigan State, on how football should never be played oh, okay. in cold weather like that. He got unmercifully <laughs> ratioed. I mean, unmercifully ratioed. Um, and now I will say that flips when it's a bowl game. Okay. Like yeah. a bowl game is supposed to be an award. You, you know, even if you're playing in the toilet, at least it's in a dome and you feel a little bit better about that. But to go on the road to watch your team play in a bowl and freeze your baguettes off, like that's just yeah, that's stupid. Not, I hate this New York stupid. bowl. But. You're making fun of me for praising their ground game. How about that? They they ran a true option. Yeah. But I mean, it wasn't, it was like kind of watching, I don't know, maybe John Elway late in his career run an option where <laughs> he just, he gave it the most half-ass effort, but it was, he tossed it and it was a touchdown for like 30 yards or something. Do you ever see that video of... Joe Namath at the end of his career where he like runs a, the ball in for like the five yard line and there's he's oh my god his knees yeah. are just like you know bone on bone and there's oh. like a defender coming up to tackle him he just puts his hand like just don't please don't <laughs> please don't. don't hit me speaking of please don't Indiana fans please don't make me watch any more football oh. this year mercifully thankfully the 2021 oh. college football season is over for the Hoosiers I mean that has been the the whole thought process of Hoosier fans for the past month if yeah. not more i mean this was a better team in my opinion at the beginning of the year yeah like, i think they but even were, then they were i don't know it wasn't you know pretty. they had a like uh, it wasn't pretty it was not pretty but the defense at least was yeah, that's right that's at a the good point beginning of the year then a combination of of injuries and let's be honest it's a combination of of just lack of want to at some point it is when when, when it's when it has gone this far off the rails. I mean, the team rushing 32 carries for 58 yards. That's oh. a 1.8 yard average. I mean, I well, just know. 205 total yards. I, you know, obviously, Penix goes down and they're kind of lost defensively. They did eh, kind of hang. It was only 17 7 at halftime. But then after that, I had floodgates open. Yep. After halftime, it, it just, just Purdue was doing whatever they wanted to in the second half. I mean, there's just not much to say about Indiana right now. I don't think we got a ton of Hoosier fans that are even <laughs> listening. I, to I doubt this. it. <laughs> you know, it sucks, but I don't have to say other than I mean, we saw. We'll talk more about it in the next podcast, but there's already been staff changes. I mean, I think we already even said it on the last podcast or yeah. two that we probably thought we saw that happening. It's already happened. We'll see if there's even maybe some more movement. Yeah. So. Yeah, we won't get get it deep into it, but Nick Sheridan will not be there next year, the offense coordinator. By the way, IU still recruiting well. Yeah. We can bounce back from this. Yeah. You gotta have better quarterback play next year. There's yeah, no but I think it. another there is another team that could potentially look in the portal. We'll see. I guess so, but there's a lot there with McCulley. I just think he needs a, a lot more help. He needs a yeah. running game. He needs an offensive line. They he had no rhythm with his wide no. receivers yet, but he's talented. He's talented. It'll be interesting to see if they bring an offensive coordinator in to match McCulley or if the offensive coordinator comes in, has his own thing, and yeah. he bring, you know, finds his own quarterback. Yeah. With the win, Purdue moves to 8-4 and four overall, 6-3 and three in the Big Ten, a th- part of the three-team tie for second place in the Big Ten West. With the loss, Indiana finishes 2-10, and 0-9 oh and in conference play for dead last Dead last in both divisions somehow. That's basically how they finish. <laughs> Next up, here we go. The battle for the axe right here in town. 
Minnesota 23, Wisconsin 13. The Gophers with 274 yards of total offense to the Badgers, only 233 yards. The Axe stays in Minneapolis. They play jump around on the cool. field, on the bank. Uh, it was a it was a fun day for Gopher fans. Yeah, I know statistically, if you're going down the line here, it doesn't look like a dominating performance. But to me, this was a much worse than a 23-3 to def- or, or difference in the two teams. Meaning I, you felt that Minnesota was even better than 10 points. Than I mean, definitely. Yeah. I, the, the, I mean, so dude, Braylon they, Allen, 17 carries. First of all, you only had 17 carries. That You know right then and there, something's off. Yes. For 47 yards, that's a 2.8-yard average. The Minnesota front seven, who is another defense that's had an amazing turnaround and probably doesn't get as much attention right. as they should because it's tough to get attention in this division with Wisconsin being there. And I think Iowa as well, this defense was so warming the football. Okay. And because Wisconsin could not run the ball, then they just had to rely on Mertz to pass. And if he doesn't have that run game to offset the passing game, he's just not good enough to get it done through the air on his own. He is not. Like, Danny Davis is pretty good. Five catches, 60 yards. Obviously, they got a good tight end. But, like, as far as being just difference makers for the wide receivers and the pass catchers in general, that's just not what Wisconsin is. This is a very tough team to beat because they run the ball and because they play defense. The defense, by and large, was there. We'll get to Minnesota stats here in a little bit. But like you said, to get Wisconsin to play left-handed – it, but but the point I'm trying to make here is this. Okay, so just do that, right? Just make Wisconsin play left-handed. Make shut down the running attack. Yeah, that's not easy no. to do. Which is why I'm trying to reap so much praise onto that Minnesota front seven. Okay, now on the flip side, we knew it was going to be a tough day for Minnesota running the ball, and it was a tough day. They only had 75 yards on the ground, two yard per carry average. So then, what do they do? Well, they have to rely on Tanner Morgan. He had five completions of more than 25 yards on yeah. the day. I mean, he only had 199 yards, but it was an efficient 199, 11 to 16 and a touchdown. The, he was just, It was big plays all over the place. And I can't remember if we were smart enough to talk about this on the preview pod, but um, my thought process, I mean, talking to Gopher fans on uh, uh, Saturday uh, early afternoon or Saturday morning before the, yeah, sort of, sorry, Saturday early afternoon before the game, um, you know, and people are just kind of asking me, oh, by the way, shout out to uh, uh, Gopher Rated was there. Oh, okay, I'm, cool. I'm yeah. out there and there's a couple other people I sat and talked to that listened to the podcast. Nice. It was, it was a blast. Um, I got a funny story at the end. Try to I'll try to remember um, uh, talking to Gopher Rated in that table. Um, um, but anyways, the thought process was that in order for Minnesota to win this game, they kind of had to take the blueprint of what Nebraska did the week before, which is actually throw the ball, get aggressive. It's just that yeah. I didn't think PJ and Tanner, quite honestly, would rip it, grip it and rip it enough to do no. it. But they did it enough in this enough. game and, and pulled it off. And like I said, they were big plays. So why did I think it wasn't as close as the final score? We had the, the early pick six there. Yeah. That was the only touchdown they scored. The, the, that play and... And then you got the, the, the officiating dude, was another I mean, reason. And again, I... I watched this like an Iowa. It was like I was watching an Iowa football game. I mean, that's how hard I was cheering for Minnesota. So that, of course, means that I'm bringing biases into my thought process. But 
I don't know how any neutral person watching that game couldn't have come away thinking the refs are trying to get Wisconsin into Indianapolis. That's what it felt. Two, three, maybe four different calls were awful. I mean, it was bad. It was bad. The refereeing was awful. I thought it was really bad. And um, by the way, the crew in the Iowa-Nebraska game was horrible too that yeah. crew you can spot like from a hundred miles away because i just know who the head of the crew is and a yeah. couple of the people this is must have been another the bad crew like when it's when it's a full schedule and there's seven games boy that bottom is bad those bottom three or four crews yeah but should this have been a bottom three or four crew? i don't think so <laughs> yeah you wouldn't think so it's a big game i mean look good good teams usually get good calls so maybe that's why it seems like of Wisconsin course that's gets part of it but a lot of calls but th- this was just egregious it was awful yeah so i felt like gophers you you not just you not only won you won handily i thought i thought so too uh shout out to linebacker jack gibbons to 10 tackles in this game um in the end uh, Minnesota took the fight to Wisconsin. And I think Wisconsin was a little discombobulated a little bit. I just don't think they were expecting it this much. Yeah. Um, I think when they couldn't run the ball, it's like they didn't know what else to do after that. That was their, it was their game plan. And, be, because there was no other answers. But yeah. just the, I don't know, the general uh, uh, feel of the game was that Wisconsin, to me, was shocked at how much physicality Minnesota brought to the table. And I'll say Coney Durr had a great game. Justin Wally, I thought, played well. Yeah. I mean, he had that amazing kind of wrestle-away pick from pick. on the outside there. Yeah. With the win, Minnesota moves to 8-4 and four overall, 6-3 and three in the Big Ten, tied for second with uh, the two other teams, uh, Wisconsin and Purdue. Uh, with the loss, Wisconsin drops to eight and four overall, six and three, tied for second. And with that win, that sends Iowa to Indianapolis to play the winner of this next game, which was the Big Ten game of the week. Here we go: Michigan forty-two, Ohio State twenty-seven. The Wolverines with four hundred and eighty-seven yards of total offense to the Buckeyes four hundred. And 58, Michigan snaps an eight-game losing streak to their heated rivals. Khaki Pants can go get himself a nice new fresh pair because he is feeling good right now. I felt really good for Khaki Pants at the end of the game. Like he's, We talked about this previously where he's much less awkward this year. I don't know. It's like he turned off the awkwardness. and Like he just dialed it down a He little dialed bit. it down, and he was he was normal at the end of the game, just happy. Yeah. You know, just happy for his yeah. His, his team, happy for his fans, happy for himself. And I was just happy for him. I kind of was, too. Um, I certainly found myself pulling for Michigan here. Um, you know, I, I, for me, I it was strictly because, and, and, and this is not going to make sense when you think about, okay, Iowa fans were pulling for Michigan because we feel like it's a matchup better for Iowa in sure. Indiana. Is that fair? Yeah. But Michigan just beat the brakes off of Ohio State, so they're, they're the better team. Good We're point. getting the better team in Indianapolis. I mean, you are. So here, it, it, when a team is, is hot, heavily favored, like Ohio State, and they have that win streak, you're just expecting, expecting, expecting for them to flip Pop it at some yep. point. In the game. I remember thinking, okay, how deep in the game does Michigan go dominating before I'm confident in them winning? They were playing so well that probably happened right before halftime and i'm like i just i don't know that ohio state can flip this well and the reason they were, you didn't think they would flip it is because of these rushing stats 41 carries 
for 297 yards. Oh That's God. a 7.2 yard average. <laughs> Hassan Haskins, 28 carries, 169 yards, one, two, three, four, five touchdowns. The drive chart oh. for the last five or six drives for Michigan in that game, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. I mean, they were running the ball down the Buckeyes' throat. There was nothing Ohio State could do about it. Yeah, I'm here, here it is. So beginning, actually, if you go back to the first half, they scored a touchdown. They did have possession of the ball, but then went into halftime. I don't know if that counts, but essentially, if you're taking that one off the board, touchdown, 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 all in a row. And, and, and then by Haskins. And then they they had one more drive again, but it was end of the game, end of game. drive. So yeah. it was end of half, and it, that's incredible. So, I mean, first of all, rivalry back on, right? And Michigan yes. is now Michigan Absolutely. all over again. That's the most so Michigan. I think this is good overall for the Big Ten. Obviously, Ohio State fans and Michigan State fans don't want to hear that right now. First loss for Ryan Day against a Big Ten opponent yep. since he took over the head coaching reins. You know, like, I think maybe it was getting a little bit too dominant, you know, for Ohio State. Um, now, with that being said, I mean, I know who Michigan plays next, but if it's good for the Big Ten, you would want Michigan to win the Big Ten championship and then win at least a game in the college football playoffs. We'll talk about that a little bit more, but this does look like a team uh, that can do it. Why? Because of the rushing attack we just talked about. And then the other thing is the the defensive line, especially the talented defensive ends for Michigan. Yep. Aiden Hutchinson has been an absolute beast all year long. I don't think there's any question that he's going to be the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. It at least seems like that. Seven tackles in this game, three sacks. I don't know if you've seen that video of him tossing Ohio State's left tackle. Oh, it was awesome. I mean, he bull rush him and just... I think he surprised himself how much he ran him over that he kind of tripped on him on his way over to crush the quarterback. It was insane. First thing hit the ground was his keister. It's insane. Uh, And then David Ojabo, he had a sack as well. Um... Our insider Jordan sent out a stat. Yeah, Want to yeah. make sure we sell this or, uh, say it because this is a good stat. Uh, this is from Zach Shaw at underscore Zach Shaw. Prior to Saturday's game, C.J. Stroud had been under pressure on just 22% of his snaps this season per uh, per fo- Pro Football Focus per PFF. Michigan recorded pressure on 45.3% of Stroud's dropbacks. Aiden Hutchinson alone provided 28.3% of those pressures. So it wasn't just the sacks that show up on the stat sheet. It was Aiden Hutchinson wreaking havoc. And that's one of the keys to the game that you pointed out before the game. Now, you know, Ohio State fan can say, well, yeah, but we did throw for 394 yards. That's true. But they struggled for every one of them and only running for 64 yards. This is a insanely good Michigan front seven that has just got, I mean, it's been talented this entire time. It's just got better and better. And you can't tell me that they didn't have this type of talent the previous two, yeah. three years. The difference was Don Brown Absolutely. is not coordinating the defense and leaving his corners out on an island okay. all the time. Just, just stopping Ohio state. Like the blueprint that I, I asked Michigan state to use the previous week, <laughs> they failed at 
was to stop the big plays, stop the big play touchdowns from yep. happening. I mean, I know uh, Ohio State wound up putting 27 points on the board. That is well under their average. Right. They got a lot of yards, 458 yards, but that is what they did. They they made Ohio State into a little bit more of a red zone offense, and the points weren't there right. as much. Exactly. And I want to talk a little bit more about the Michigan offense because one of the things, they've, they've had a good offensive line all year. We knew that. But I was just so impressed with some of the play design, not just the play design, but the blocking, not on the offensive line, but the lead blocking and the stock blocking by the receivers, by the tight ends. It was just so impressive. They would get out there and form a lane for whoever had the ball. They just gave them an extra 10, 15, 20 yards sometimes with the great blocking on the outside. I, I mean, basically what you're saying is what we, you know, I just kind of wax poetic about the Michigan uh, defensive line. I think Michigan's offensive line is even better. You it, think that? It, wow, really? This is the best offensive line in the Big Ten for rushing, and it's yeah, not even that's close. Fair. Okay. And I think by the end of the year, I think the pass pro. I mean, overall, this is the best O-line in the Big Ten. I, you might be right. Yeah, at this point, you might be right. Um, Cade McNamara, I mean, not a great day statistically. 13 of 19, 159 yards, no touchdowns, and a pick. Uh, the pick... I screamed at the TV when that went down because Michigan was up seven to nothing at that time. Mm. They were running the ball down Ohio State's throat. Number one, I would put that on Harbaugh on the play caller because I just did not think there was a need to try the aggressive play action pass they threw there. But Cade McNamara throws a pick there, and Ohio State, I'm pretty sure, pretty quickly after that, they tied the game up. So you were thinking at that point. That was a missed opportunity. Michigan could have went up ten to nothing and or fourteen to nothing on that drive. But here's the thing: it's been stuff like that in the past in this game that has just snowballed Absolutely. against Michigan. None of that was happening. Like I, I don't know. Like I felt like you've heard Michigan players and coaches talk the talk in previous years. You just felt like they actually believed the words coming out of their mouth this time. And they, they, but, but it doesn't mean anything until you make those plays in the game, aka the game. And they did it. They just, they, they deserve all the accolades right now. So Stroud got his yards 34 49 for 394, but only two touchdowns. I mean, you're not going to stop a CJ Stroud, but to, to hold him to two touchdowns, that's a victory. I definitely think so. I mean, I saw some Ohio State fans being pissed at C.J. Stroud in this game, but like, it wasn't this, Stroud's fault. This is not to me on C.J. Stroud. Not I at mean, all. As far as being a, a freshman playing in his first the game, it's always weird on how you're supposed to re- reference this, but I'd say all things considered, he played pretty darn good. The receivers showed out just like always. JSN, 11 catches, 127 yards. Garrett Wilson, 10 catches, 119 yards and a touchdown. Chris Olave added 88 yards. Travion Henderson, 128 total yards with 74 of those coming on the ground. In the end, this is this was on Ohio State's front seven on defense. That's Absolutely. what this game was. And they've at times looked really good, but they were inconsistent all year. Yeah. That, that was the one thing you could never really count on. So back to Chris Olave. He has not eclipsed a thousand yards yet in the season. I think he's sixty-four yards away, I believe, okay. by my count. So if he plays in the bowl. If he plays in the bowl, maybe he can break that. But Garrett Wilson went over a thousand. Smith and Jigba was already over a thousand. So they got three guys. Right there, either over a thousand or right at a thousand in the season, which is just insane, totally insane. And it's CJ Stroud that's throwing the ball to them. So again, he deserves a lot of the credit. Yeah, this was not on Stroud. Yeah, Um, and plus he's getting pressured almost half of the time. Right. Come on. Yeah. Um, Anything else you want to add other than this was a fantastic game? I mean, in part of the 
part of the entertainment factor was you were just kind of always amazed when Michigan was doing what they were doing yeah. because you're like, again, I think everybody's like, just give it some time. All of a sudden, Ohio State is going to, but it never did. So the fact that pretty much collectively as an audience, we were all expecting, you know, the game to turn at some point and it never did. It just made it, it just made it that more tense. Which just goes to show you Michigan was the better team. They are, was they are team. the better team. No doubt about it. With the win, Michigan moves to 11 and one overall. Eight and one in the Big Ten, first in uh, the Big Ten East, and we'll be heading off to Indianapolis with the loss. Ohio State drops to ten and two overall, eight and one, so they're technically tied for first place, but obviously finishing behind uh, Michigan. One thing I want to point out is when I made that uh, prediction on Twitter that got a lot of play um, was about five weeks ago. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I predicted Michigan versus Iowa in the Big Ten championship. I got unmercifully destroyed by Ohio State fans, like to the point where every single time, if I put my phone down for 20 minutes and I picked it up, I would have the 20 plus, you know, thing in my mentions. And it was 80% Ohio State fans destroying me. How many of them do you think I heard from yesterday afternoon? I'm guessing zero. I think I got one. Oh, you got one. You did get one. One person was like, well, that's good. Good call. Um, Did you uh, like my tweet? But but what I want to say is, um, in my mind, like I had that prediction still in the back of my head as we predicted these games the last five weeks. Up until the Michigan State game, I was going to p- predict Michigan to win this game. Like I thought I liked okay. how they, but that Michigan State performance by Ohio State scared the bejesus out of me. Yeah. And, but looking back, the, the Michigan State was just so beat up in that game. And it just like things just, you know, let's uh, snowball against them. The thing was over in the like, first quarter. Okay. But really Ohio state, it, it was closer to the, the Ohio state that played versus Nebraska and Penn state, which is when they got a really darn yeah. good defense right. pushed up against them. It, it, it brought their offense down a notch and made the game. Right. So, I mean, we'll get more into this, but like if Michigan does what we think they could do, Maybe they're actually a better matchup for Georgia in some of those top teams. That's a good point. I mean, the, yeah, because when you're talking about the physicality that you need, I think from both lines to yeah. win a college football championship, yeah, it's, it's a great as, deal. Because Georgia, great defense, obviously. So we've seen. I mean, the so Penn State, Michigan. Trying to think of the the other really good defenses they've got. They just, their offense, like you said, it's it takes a step back. Correct. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, the. Big Ten Championship, Indianapolis on Saturday night. Iowa versus Michigan. Iowa will be wearing their home unis, which I'm very excited about. Um, very excited for this game. The texts and phone calls have been a plenty starting on Saturday night, last night, and this this morning. Um, pretty much already got my route, and I, I think I'm going to drive. Um, and, okay. And I believe I will be at the game. It is not official yet. Okay. Very uh, the good. tickets aren't cheap. So that no. much. this will be one of the more expensive tickets I've ever had for concert game or or anything. But uh, I, I think I think I will be in Indianapolis on Saturday night. Well, good for you, man. Yeah. I, I hope you go. I hope you couldn't, get to go to the game. Yeah, could have a good time. Uh, couldn't go in 2015. Uh, Mrs. Greek was okay. pregnant with the first kid, um, so I wasn't able to attend that game. Speaking of unis, the Illinois kit. Okay. Orange lid, yep. blue jersey, white pants. That's what they should be wearing as their standard home kit. Those look fantastic. Those looked great, didn't and they? And speaking of kits and britches, I don't think this was the game that Michigan... No. They should have went back to the gold. This is the but, game. Just okay. wear your gold britches. Now the question is, do they do this as a habit because, because they won they the game? Ohio State. Yeah. 
I agree. I love now, that. Th- see, now that would become a new tradition at this point, so I understand I it. Yeah. And may- I don't know. Maybe they've already felt like they have that tradition because they've been playing so good with the Blue Bridges they have lately. Been. Yeah, that so might be a thing now for the rest of the Harbaugh era. Um, Weekly Eisman, listen, uh, it's a special game and outcome, so we're going to give a special award. We're going to give one for offense and one defense, and they're both going to go to Wolverine. So the Offensive Player of the Week, Weekly Eisman, excuse me, obviously goes to Hassan Haskins, 169 yards rushing, five touchdowns, and a co co teammate, which is almost for surely going to be what it is for the Big Ten Conference this weekend. Aiden Hutchinson, three sacks, 800 pressures, it seemed like, in the game. He absolutely changed the game. Lived in the backfield. Yeah. uh, also want to give a shout out. So I, we hosted the, um, uh, conference call, the eyes on big. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's know, right. What do you call those? I don't know what that's the called. Twitter the li- Twitter live, I guess. Twitter live. Maybe okay. is what it's called. Um, so shout out to everybody that joined in. That was a that blast. Was fun. We was had a, nice? yeah, a couple dozen people in there. Yeah. It was two, three. That, de- yeah. Was it? Yeah. Um, uh, Martha, the mop lady joined on. That was awesome. He, she was great. He, she, exactly. <laughs> did a great job. So here's the funny thing is um I, I didn't tell you this but mrs greek uh of course you know she's annoyed at me roughly 90 percent of the time sure. we cohabitate together she came downstairs and it was the queen uh the nebraska oh, the nebraska fan. yeah who has her own podcast I, I don't know the name off hand i'm sorry yeah so she was doing she was doing a lot of talking oh yeah she was great so so mrs greek comes down and she just hears me you know it's it's nine o'clock at night right on the wednesday night before thanksgiving we've got fr- you know family and friends coming over the next day and she's like who are you speaking to you know because she and anyways it basically was the exact jake from state farm commercial oh it, like it, she sounds hideous sorry queen we, we i don't you know but like that's exactly what the scene was and we, wow and we were joking about that yesterday okay when i was talking to the gopher aided guys mrs greek was you know at the tailgate with us and we were joking with our friends as well anyways it was the exact same scenario yeah and by the way i was pretty toasty for that twitter live yeah, you, you put the time out, and it was like three hours later, and it was already pretty deep into the burb. I'm like, I better pump the brakes here if I want to be conscious for this thing. <laughs> I thought you pulled it together pretty well. We'll get, we'll get another one of those sometime soon. Yeah, that, that was a good fun. time. So thanks for everybody that joined on. You got anything else? No, sir. Oof, like Indiana's season. This is mercifully over this podcast. How did I do? Did I actually talk out loud and proficiently? It, yeah, just not. You weren't as quick on the draw as you normally are. <laughs> Best I got. I am Jeffrey the Green. I'm Big Kurt. This has been the Eyes on Big Podcast. We'll talk to you soon.